After a decade, Jim Harbaugh is headed back to the NFL. He's headed back to California, this time to Los Angeles. He will be the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons, hanging out with you. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. We have been reacting to this Jim Harbaugh news all show long so far. Ian, a hell of a show it has already been. Yeah, we had to rip the rundown up about five minutes before we came on the air. So let's bring in somebody who covers not just college football, but also pro football. And somehow he stayed skinny throughout the entire fall, which drives me absolutely (laughs) insane. Because I put on the fall football fat. This dude doesn't, but his dog is now even more popular than he is. Kirk Herbstreit joins us right now here on Amber and Ian on on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Herbie, how we doing, son? What you got now? How's Benny? Good now, good. I've got a... uh... A, a three months old golden retriever that just doesn't ever stop. So he is, and you'll be able to hear him in a second. He's in full attack mode on my three-year-old golden retriever. Ben just stays out of the way of all this chaos. So if you hear like noise in the background, that's uh that's just a possessed puppy in attack mode right now. I'm trying to get all the energy out of him. So he'll sleep through the night. God bless you. Am- Amber's dealing with a four-year-old son who just won't stay in the bathtub, right? So the humankind. We were- right, there you go. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. I told Amber, we've all been there and done it, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean there's, oh, yeah. they're alive and ready it's, to go. It's been a night. It's been a night. But here's the thing. Jim Harbaugh is headed to Los Angeles Chargers, which Ian just mentioned broke about five minutes before we went on air. So, of course, Herb Street, you know how this yeah. works. You, you rip up the rundown, you set it on fire, and away you go. What is your reaction to this news? Well, I mean, it's been speculated. A lot of people have been speculating about this even before, you know, we got to the playoff, the, the, the possibility of him going to the NFL. And then as it got closer to the uh, the championship game, I mean, there was even speculation around swirling around the Michigan program as they got ready for not just Bama, but then Washington, that, that he was eventually going to go to the NFL. So, and then once he won it, it really obviously picked up momentum. And it was more of a matter of not not if he's going to go, but where is he going to go? And then, of course, they've been there's been big rumors about the Chargers now for for over a week. So it sounds like the interviews went well. They pulled the trigger and they got their guy, and 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 now he's got a chance to to try to build the culture up. And he's got one of the top quarterbacks in the league to build around. And I'm excited to see what what he can do. So on, on one hand, I just texted him. You know, on one hand, you're you're um, excited for him, for his opportunity. I personally love him in college football. I mean, I cover both the NFL and college. Um, I think he's great for the college game. He's a, a very polarizing figure. Um, people love him. People hate him. Um, but I, I think, you know, as far as storylines and things to talk about, that there's, there's something really fun about having, you know, almost like a villain personality in the college game. See, there we go. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and I think that. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, but no, I, think, I love it. I, sit, sit. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. Uh, so I'm torn. You know, I, on one hand, I'm excited to see what he can do. Can he get the Chargers and Justin Herbert and and that team that, by the way, is aging. You know, if you look at Austin Eckler, if if they, you know, they stay with him. You look at Keenan Allen. You look at some of the pieces. Mike Williams seems like. He's a very talented receiver, but he but he's had a lot of injuries. You know, what kind of moves do they make uh, with a new GM in a direction that they might try to go to build that thing around? Because, you know, for them to win, they're going to have to to build it around Herbert to have a chance, especially in that division. So on one hand, you're excited for him. On the other hand, 
Um, you, you hate to see him leave college, you know, just because of so many different uh, storylines. And, and like I said, the, the juice and energy that it creates in the sport. Herbie, you brought this up to us in, in somewhere in the middle of the season when, when we ran into you, where he, he just Harbaugh has developed quarterbacks no matter where he's been. Heck, going back to Josh Johnson, who's still in the league. I mean, he's yeah. still uh, with, yeah. with his, that was his quarterback at San Diego to Andrew Luck mm-hmm. to now J.J. McCarthy. What is Justin Herbert getting when it comes to a guy who develops quarterbacks? Well, first he played. I mean, he not just played, but he but he played at the highest level, and he played for a long time. You know, I mean, he played with the Bears, he played with the Colts, played with the Chargers. Um, so he's got a lot of experience in understanding the position, you know, and he sees the game through the, the that lens. So I think that really helps him in his ability to communicate. And then the other thing, I think like a lot of great offensive minded coaches, he, yeah, he has a system, but he adapts to what what his players do well. You know, he think about when he took the Michigan job, it was kind of surprising, but initially they, they tried to run what he ran at Stanford and, and what he's known for, and then they adjusted. You know, they, they, they brought in Josh Gaddis, and they brought in Shea Patterson from Ole Miss, and they went more to a spread, and it was like, wow, this is, this is different. But he was trying to adjust to what he had to work with, and then he got back to, to run in the power and the, and, the, and the counter and the pen and pole and more of a traditional style of offense, more of an NFL style of offense. And so I think what he does is, like I said, I don't, I don't think it's a mystery. I think he looks to, to see what his quarterback uh, does really, really well, what he's comfortable with. And then he, then he goes from there and, and tries to make sure that they're, uh, they can beat people up at the line of scrimmage. I think that's always been when he's had a good team's, whether it's been with the 49ers, whether it's been with Stanford, um, whether it's been obviously with Michigan, what he'll do with the Chargers, I guarantee you, I don't know what moves they're going to make, but I will guarantee you that it's not just going to be receivers and running backs that he's going to get strong. He's going to get strong up front. He's going to get a really talented tight end. And he's going to be kind of like a 49ers type of offense. And um, I I think – that's a great way to win. I think the margin of error is much, much broader when you attack in that fashion. And I think that's the culture. It may not happen overnight. It, to do that the right way sometimes it takes time to, to cultivate that kind of um, system and to get the right pieces, you know, whether it's through the draft or free agency. But I think you'll see them be able to run the football. I think you'll see multiple formations and personnel groupings and nonstop pre-snap movement. And I think it'll put Justin Herbert in a position to be very, very successful because he'll get really good matchups with the, that movement. He'll get really good reads, pre-snap reads. And he's going to – I think he's the beneficiary of all this. The, the one thing I would talk about is the winner in all this talk about Harbaugh to the Chargers, to me, is, is Justin Herbert. Yeah, ensuring that Justin Herbert is successful, I would imagine, is priority number one for Harbaugh as he enters there in Los Angeles. Kirk Herbstreet joining us here on Amber and Ian. So, Kirk, we've been really focused on what the Chargers are gaining, less focused on what Michigan is losing. Let's talk about that angle of things. They do have an assistant on their staff that has a couple top 10 wins under his belt. That's an unusual situation. Where do you expect Michigan to go? Um, I, I would be shocked. I have no idea what they're going to do, but just because of what Sharon Moore did, um, I would be shocked if, I mean, do you hear this guy? Can you hear him? 
Come on. Talk to me, good. Talk Barely, to me, good. Come on, little man. Come on, Theo. What we got? Yeah, that's a, that's a, I mean, he's a killing my three-year-old who, who, again, I'd say if he's a football player, he's 6'5", 245, 250. That's how big this three-year-old is. I mean, we put him as an outside linebacker at 3-4. He'd set the edge, I promise you. He, he, think of Javon Curse. Think of Javon Curse. That, that's, that's who Mitch is. He's Javon Curse. 6'5", 245. What's the little one's name? And probably, is it Theo? It's, it's Mitch. That's, Mitch is the three-year-old. And I'm telling you, he would be a four-five-six, four-five-seven guy. I mean, he's an absolute freak. And he just sits there and takes it for the team. The other two guys, Ben and Mitch, they're asleep. They're looking at him like, like your turn. We did it to you. Right. You do it to right. this one. You know? So, right. anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. So, well, if they don't, don't go Sharon Moore, I'll be completely shocked. Uh, what he did, literally, you know, what, what the opportunity. Remember, he was emotional against Penn State. And, and, you know, they won the game. And a lot of people wondered if they did. They didn't throw a pass in the second half. Um, but just getting around the Michigan team when the pressure was the greatest, I tell you, man, I, I cannot tell you, even if he didn't get that opportunity uh, late in the year to take over for Jim when Jim was, was uh, suspended, what he did, when I think of Michigan football growing up in the Big Ten area my whole life, and I think of Bo Schembechler, I think of offensive line, I think of defense. And what Jerome Moore did in coming to Michigan was he reestablished the line of scrimmage. He's been there for three years. Think about what Michigan's done, not just beating Ohio State and winning the national title, but think about the style of football that they, they implemented in these last three years. They went back to controlling things up front. They went back to being able to run the football. They went back to having a personality on that, that offensive line where they took the field like gladiators. I mean, they, they took the field the way you're supposed to take the field when you wear the maize and blue up front. They haven't had that. I'm telling you, when Lloyd Carr stepped away in 07 with Chad Henney in that last year, they haven't had it. Rich Rod stepped in in 08 from 08 until about 2020. So you're looking at 12 or 13 years of mediocrity by their standard at the offensive line. He comes in and reestablishes that, that attitude and I think that alone, to me, and, and seeing him, what they called the plays last year, I know how the players feel. I don't, I don't even think there's anybody else that should be uh, contacted if you talk to the Michigan players. So they might go outside the box. I'd be surprised. In fact, I think Ward Manuel, because this was so predictable that this is going to happen, I'm guessing that they won't wait long. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by the weekend if Michigan doesn't make an announcement and already show the confidence that, that they would have in, in selecting Jerome Moore. To me, it's a – I hate to say it's a no-brainer, but uh, to me, that's, that's the guy. And um, I hope he gets it. The guy uh, – he's relatively young. When you go back and look at his journey as a coach, you know, he played at Oklahoma and moved through uh, being an assistant coach pretty quickly to the point where he got a break and, and went to Michigan and – Jim recognized who he is and what he could do and his commitment to, to, the, uh, to the craft and let him call plays. And, I, you know, if you look at the way Michigan played this year, you, you have to give him a lot of credit. So he's not – by the way, it's very rare in the college game and even the NFL game to see offensive line coaches become offensive coordinators. Usually it's the quarterback coach. It's, you know, it's, it's – very rarely is it, is it the guys up front. And he's, he's kind of a – 
he's kind of a, an outlier in that way. But uh, the guy's impressive. He's a leader. I think he would probably keep the strength coach, Ben Herbert. They'd be able to keep their culture intact. And um, I'm sure Jim will take a few people with him to Los Angeles. But um, I think they'll, if they go that route, uh, then I think you'll see them. By the way, they lose a ton, obviously. Oh, yeah. So, yep. you know, I don't know if they'll, they'll hit the ground running the way they have these last three years. But I, I think he's the right guy to try to build them back up. You know when, when Saban's on set with you at game day and your producers are telling you to rap? That's what's going yeah. on in my oh, ear yeah. right now. Yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm going to James Steele and Amber and I are going. I just give, hang on. We, we need one quick tip from you. I have a five yeah. month old rescue dog, right? I mean, just my, yep. you know, yep. Kitty found the dog underneath her, you know, a little uh, in the ravine. Yeah. How do you get the damn thing to listen? Because she's smart uh-huh. as hell, right? But I mean, the staying and she's got you know coming down, but but and and and, and potty trained. Stay in begging. The dog is a velociraptor, Herb. How do you handle that? Well, I think um, I think it's just. I hate to give the old school boring answer, but Come on. I know you're a busy guy. I know you're a busy guy. Oh, but, here we go. It's dude, time. I, you're gonna go time. I, I, no, go. but listen. I ha- I have four sons, and there are three that are out of the house. I have one left, who's a junior in high school, and I have a lot of time on my hands from January to August. <laughs> and I spend an inordinate amount of time with my dog. Like my dogs right. are like my kids. Yeah. And so like I'm sitting here, I'm in my office upstairs and I got four. It's this way it is every day. I got four golden retrievers in here and that's, it's just, that's it. they're always around me. I always talk to them. I'm always complimenting them when they do something wrong or something right. right. And I'm always on them <laughs> when they mess up. And so after a while, like right now, this little guy right here, his name's Peter. I'm looking at him. He's basically at Paris Island. Like he, he's in Paris. <laughs> he's like week four at Paris Island. Boot right camp. Now. He's in boot camp. Yeah. I got it. All right. Yeah, he's, okay. I, said, <laughs> you know I, I mean? sent one of my. So, I sent one of my dogs to boot camp when he was a puppy, and he came back. He was like military trained. This dog could probably sniff bombs. Yeah. I think I ruined it within two weeks because you're not, you know, then you're not supposed to have them like on the couch with you and cuddling with you. And I mean, it all went out the window. And, That's me. The last thing I'll tell you because I know you got to go. Always yeah. walk them without a leash if they're young. Like right now, I've never even, this dog's lived with me since early December. I think I put him on a leash once. So I I, I never walk him with a leash. I hate you. So now, now, like when Ben, you see Ben, 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 I I put a leash on Ben. He looks at me like, what are you doing? I'm not a dog. Like, get that thing off me. So I, if you do that, then they just, all they know is to hang out with you. You know, they don't ever. It's not like you have to yell. You know, the dogs that run away when you're trying to talk to them, they're just gone, you know. So, anyway, I, just spend I, I really time do. with them. I, just just <laughs> yeah. come to Dallas. Come Sounds on like, over. Yeah, I was going to say, just send your puppy yeah. to Herb. Kirk. That's what I think That's we it. have learned. Kirk, Herb That's Street. It. You're boarding Thanks. dogs Thanks, now, Herb. There we go, son. Here we go. <laughs> See you, buddy. You're the best. All right, Thanks guys. for your time. Take Thanks, care. Bro. I'm sending my dog Coming to boot up. camp with Herb. Coming up next year on Amber and Ian, James Steele has like fled the control room because I think he's that limited to you right now for going so far over the clock. It's Kirk Uh, Herbstreit, man. More reaction to Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, he has left Michigan. He is now the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Justin Herbert has a new head coach. His name is Jim Harbaugh. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. The playoff preview with the pros. It'll get you all geared up for championship Sunday. Tune in Saturday and Sunday, 6 a.m. Eastern for that. We also got a lot of NBA action headed your way right here on ESPN Radio Tomorrow night, a little hiatus from Amber and Ian because the Celtics are at the heat. Apparently, those teams think that they should bump us off the radio. We'll allow it uh, for a night so that I can watch my Miami Heat. That game tips off tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern. You can hear that on our airways. Plus, Sixers at Nuggets. That game tips off Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern. So stay tuned to ESPN Radio for all of that NBA action. But Jim Harbaugh, he has left Michigan. I haven't gotten to ask you yet. How do you feel about the Michigan component of this story? Because we've talked a lot about what Los Angeles is gaining. You just yep. heard us me pose that question to Kirk, but far less about what happens to Michigan here. Yeah, and if you're just joining us, Kirk Herbstreit was just with us, who covers obviously college and, and pro football. And you know, the bottom line I took away from Herb, as far as Harbaugh goes, to the Chargers is, hey, L.A., you're getting an old-school coach who was a remarkable developer of quarterbacks, going to Rich Gannon when he was a quarterback's coach with the Raiders way back when. That was Gannon's best year to what you just saw with J.J. McCarthy. I mean, at Michigan. You know, I mean, we can go on down the list, Andrew Luck, everything else. As far as Michigan goes, Sheryl Moore is going to be the head coach, in my opinion. I completely agree with Herbie. Uh, and he proved it. Heck, in that 15-0 season, Amber, he was 6-0 and as the head coach. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. coached them through their the gauntlet, the Penn State game, the Ohio State game. That wasn't Jim Harbaugh on those sidelines, you know, big 10 title game. I mean, that, that Sharon Moore led this team to six and oh, now they're losing Blake Corum. They're losing JJ McCarthy. They're losing the entire offensive line. Heck they're losing seven deep on the offensive line and all seven, including the two backups will be drafted. So if you're Michigan right now and you're thinking, Hey, we're going to run this thing back. You need to have a reality check. Right. Because when you lose that much, this was a – when we talked to Blake Corum before the national championship, what did he tell us? The best thing about this team is it's player-led. And so when Jim Harbaugh was suspended for the first three and the last three games of the season, you had so many juniors, seniors, and fifth-year grad students player-led. And Sharon Moore could lean on that, and he let them lead. A lot of coaches would try and put their stamp on it, Coach Moore didn't. He let them lead. And when you're around that guy, I mean, he, he's he got this aura about him. He, he's impressive, man. So, to me, if, if I'm Ward Manuel, the AD there who played for Bo Schembechler, you know, I mean, he is a Michigan man, the, the athletic director at Michigan. 
To me, it's a no-brainer. You're bringing in Coach Moore. You're elevating him to head coach. You're wishing Jim Harbaugh the best. You're trying to avoid NCAA shrapnel. And you're also Mm -hmm. hitting that damn transfer portal hard because you're losing a ton. To be clear, there is no running it back anymore in college football, right? I mean, yeah. you can try again, uh, you know, the Georgias of the world, but it's not, or the Alabamas of the world. I'm not suggesting that you can't win again, but you can't run it back it in 2024 easy. because everybody is leaving no matter what, whether it's transfer portal, whether it's going to the draft, right? It's such a, ch- a constantly changing landscape across college football. So it's not just the departure of Harbaugh, even if Harbaugh had stayed, that team was going to look different. That was another reason you and I talked about it. That was another reason why I think that Harbaugh was also one foot out the door because right. you are losing that entire offensive line. You're losing JJ McCarthy. It's a good time to You're go. losing Roman Wilson. You're losing, you know, Blake Corum. You're losing you know, your bookends and Braden McGregor and Jalen Harrell. I mean, all those guys are gone. So are you, right? So like, hey, man, there is go back only- to the league. Yep. <laughs> That's, that, is, that is the exit cue is if you're Jim Harbaugh. And it works out well for him because, oh, by the way, also that whole job with Justin Herbert is available. So that works out pretty nicely for Jim Harbaugh. If I am Sean Moore, I am walking into the 80s office and showing him my resume with just one thing on it. And that is Six I beat Ohio State as the Michigan head coach. That is the only thing you need on the resume. It could just be that just that win. And he's got two top 10 wins as a a Michigan head coach, as an interim head coach there. But you're just going with that one. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Jim Harbaugh is the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. We are going to continue to rack to all the news. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be has been a day the kind of day where you're preparing for a show and you've got it all prepared and there's a lot of good content in this show that we prepared for doc rivers he's the head coach of the milwaukee bucks clearly we're going to spend a lot of time on that vic fangio and his departure from the miami dolphins what is that about that defense was injured he was the highest paid dc in the entire league he's moving on maybe he's moving to philadelphia it seems like the eagles are interested in hiring him what's going on with jalen hurts there was a lot that we were going to get to today and then jim harbaugh decided he was leaving michigan he was going to take the job as the head coach of the los angeles chargers and our entire rundown got lit on fire done Yes. Just Throw it in the ripped, fireplace. It's over. Yeah. Ripped I mean. to shreds. Uh, Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. And oh, meanwhile. We might have more are, news. We could have more news, Amber. We could. We could have a rules change in the NFL. People are still talking about Mecole Hardman fumbling out of the end zone in that Chiefs win over the Bills, even though it didn't ultimately affect the outcome of the game. Dean Blandino, Fox NFL rules analyst, kind enough to join us now. And Dean, thanks so much for your time. What are your thoughts about there being some momentum for changing that touchback rule that we saw? Yeah, you know, every time it comes up, 
the you know you get a lot of conversation about it and obviously it happened in a playoff game didn't impact the outcome of the game but it certainly could have so it'll be interesting in my time with the nfl and, and the competition committee um there was always discussion but they never had the momentum to really get a rule passed so i'm curious to see what the conversation is and if they can get remember if you're going to pass a rule like that You've got to get 24 clubs to vote yes. That's a, that's a big number. So we'll see if the if the momentum carries over to an actual change. Well, you, you you used to be in charge of officiating in the National Football League, Dean, and then you wised up and said, you know what, the hell with this. I'm going to make more money on the TV <laughs> side. So, But you've been in those meetings, and you understand how it works. In your opinion, do you believe that this rule should be changed or should it remain the same? Because to me – that goal line is like holy ground of the Highlander. It ain't the 37-yard line. It's not the 7-yard line. It's the goal line. And to me, it's different. How do you view it? How do coaches and teams view it? I, I couldn't agree more. To me, the rule is consistent. When the ball is dead in your opponent's end zone and you're responsible for putting it there, whether that's a punt or a kickoff or a fumble or a pass, you know, an interception – that's a touchback. And to me, when you're talking about a game about land acquisition, for lack of a better phrase, and the goal line is more important than the 50-yard line. And so I understand when the ball goes out of bounds in the field of play, the offense gets to keep it. But the goal line is different. Ball security has to go up at the goal line. I like the rule. It's simple. It's consistent. I know people don't like it when it happens. But, again, if you change the rule – you're really changing a fundamental aspect of the game as it pertains to the goal line. Dean Blandino, Fox NFL Rules Analyst, joining us here on Amber and Ian. Dean, I mean, you guys are both wrong, but that's okay. (laughs) I'll allow it. Why does it always seem... Hold on, tell us why we're wrong. Hold on. I just don't don't agree with this holy ground idea. Like, there should be a differentiation between the rules on the 50 as in the end zone when we're talking about fumbling out of bounds. I've just always felt I've always felt that the penalty for it was too harsh frankly you you want to take this down there you're getting getting penalized by giving the team the other team the ball because you fumble out of bounds but you're already at the goal line it just it's it it's too uh, monumental of a cost it, it, it certainly is, and that's always the argument, and I get it. But think about it this way. If, if the offense is backed up uh, near their own goal line and the ball is fumbled and it goes into their end zone and it goes out of bounds, the defense didn't recover it, but that's a safety. And, and, we're gonna, and so if we're going to create exceptions now, where does it stop? You know, the ball, the, again, the, the basic premise of the rule is the ball is dead in the end zone. Those are either touchbacks, touchdowns, or safeties. And if you make a change, that's a fundamental change. And again, for something that happens three or four times a year, I think you've just got to be careful about the unintended consequences. It does feel like things happen in Chiefs Bills games, though, right? When why is it? <laughs> yes. Why does it feel like to me, Dean, that it's that specific playoff game that tends to be the catalyst for NFL rules changes? It is, and obviously, you have two great teams that have matched up in the playoffs the last couple of years. Obviously, we had an overtime rule change because of the the game a couple of years ago, and and and, and I get that. But but again, it just feels like when things happen in the postseason, and believe me, I've I've lived through some of those plays. Um, it does kind of ramp up, and it does it does increase the conversation. And look, there are a lot of people that feel 
the same way you do, that this this rule is too punitive. I just don't know if there's 24 clubs that feel that way enough to get a rule changed. I know where I would be voting because the entire purpose of the game is to get an oblong object across a certain line or to prevent that oblong object from crossing that certain line. And when it does, penalties happen. Big ones. Or points are scored. Dean, I am in step with you. Now, as far Mm -hmm. as holding officials publicly accountable, we've talked to you about this before. You were in the XFL where in in your – you know, instant replay booth. Everything was there for fans to watch and how it unfolds. It'll be that way again in the UFL where we'll be joining you on games yet again this year. Why doesn't the NFL, why are they so hesitant to be transparent and also hold officials publicly accountable? I think they're they're heading in that direction. I think, look, the, the, the XFL, the UFL, you've got less games, right? So there'll be four games a weekend, mostly standalone games. So it's easier, right? With the NFL early window, you might have seven or eight games going on. So so it's a little bit harder to give everyone that look into that command center. But it can be done. And what we've seen in spring football, that's a positive. Because you might not always agree with the call, but at least you understand the why. And you can listen to the conversation and you can see the video and it kind of eliminates a lot of the conspiracy theories that are out there. So I think the NFL is looking at things like that. You know, I, you know, my time with the NFL, I always hated if something happened, we just, you know, we're going to ignore it. We're not going to come out. And you don't want to come out after every game and say, well, we messed that one up. We messed that one up. We messed that one up. But when the situation warrants, when it's a big play and the officials did make a mistake, I think, I think the fans – it gives you more credibility with the fans, the coaches, the players, the media, when you come out and say, yeah, you know what? We missed that one. Here's what we're doing to correct it. And I think that would go a long way. And hopefully the NFL adds more of that going forward. Of course, fans want more transparency, Dean, because it feels like there's been a lot of officiating blunders here, certainly of late. How do you feel about the officiating in these playoffs so far? Yeah, the playoffs, you know, regular season, there certainly we had our share of controversy. The playoffs have been fairly smooth. And, and, and look, everything is, is, is heightened. There's more scrutiny. We haven't had a, a, a game-changing mistake. We haven't had a situation like we had with the Lions and the Cowboys and, and the whole reporting thing or, or maybe a missed pass interference call with the Chiefs and the Packers. So I think it's been really good and 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 you hope that you know you have your best officials in the postseason so um you have your best teams we they understand more is at risk uh they're going to they're going to play more discipline they understand that any 15 yard penalty could be the difference in moving on or going home so i think it's been good and hopefully that continues through the the championship games and the super bowl now we're getting standing ovations when the fans see a player report inside the stadium. Yeah. So I think that yeah. I think that problem fixed itself. Uh, Dean Blandino, Fox NFL Rules Analyst. Thanks, Dean, for crossing enemy lines and giving us some of your time. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure, man. It has been a smoother sailing here, Ian, I would say, in the postseason in terms of officiating. Of course, Chiefs at Ravens, by the way, Sunday, that's a 3 p.m. Eastern kick. Lions at 49ers, 6.30 p.m. Eastern kick on Championship Sunday. So we got to have smoothness in terms of officiating in both of those games. Jim Harbaugh, he is no longer a Michigan Wolverine. Although I guess once you're a Wolverine, you're always a Wolverine, so that man's always been a Wolverine. But he is now a Los Angeles Charger. 
because he is the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. We have been reacting to the huge breaking news in the NFL, but we haven't gotten your reaction to the huge breaking news in the NFL. So if you want to chime in, how do you feel about Jim Harbaugh? Chargers fans, if you're out there, let us know. How do you feel about Jim Harbaugh? You've got to be, I would imagine, so excited to have Harbaugh as your head coach, knowing that guy might be able to get the most out of your quarterback. Triple eight, say ESPN. And Fitzsimmons upset. He didn't ask Kirk Herbstreet about the Blue Jackets there in our interview with Herbie. Like, there's nothing else going on today. Our producer, James Steele, one was ready to kill you and I. Oh, he stormed out of the control room yeah. because we were no, so no, far no, no, over no, no, the We had to get the puppy I had, talk. I had, a, I, had, I, had, I had something to, to say to Rachel. Uh, sure. Because at least, oh, at least, sure. at least you asking a question at 8.15 when we were supposed to be out three minutes earlier uh, <laughs> brought, brought, us, brought us something that we can probably use for a promo. And Rachel puts puppy a lot of talk. those together. So yeah. I got up. I went over into the, uh, into the next control room to say, hey, Rachel, even though Ian asked a question three minutes after we were supposed to already be in break, uh, I think we got something promo-wise. Uh, so if you want to go take all a I'm, listen to that, you can do that. Look, I didn't storm out. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Evan. I didn't storm out of the control room. We were going to so. get to your phone calls. Uh, a Michigan fans, how do you feel about Harbaugh leaving He's and Sharon true. Moore probably being your new head coach? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Charger fans, especially if, if you love you some Justin Herbert, which we know you do, how do you feel about Harbaugh being your next head coach? For the LA Chargers. Now, if you are just tuning in, Kirk Herbstreet, who covers college and pro football, good enough to join us here, and we've known him for 25 years. He's a dog whisperer. I've got a five-month-old rescue who does not obey. Having been at six games this year with, with Benny, Herb's dog, who has become more popular than Herb, the damn dog never is on a leash everywhere in the hotel on the field. Stop it, Ram Matlack. And so I, we had to ask about how do you do it? Because he now has a three-month-old puppy. It was great advice. You're talking about your dog going off to boot camp where you ruined mm-hmm. the dog by letting him back on the couch. <laughs> I did have a Blue Jackets question because when I was Herb Street's co-host in Columbus, I became a Blue Jackets fan. And Ryan Matlack, who's our associate producer tonight, was like, you went puppy talk over hockey? Yeah. The answer, yes. Always go pucks. Pucks over anything pups, else. Pups, pups. Pucks over pucks. Pucks, pucks <laughs> over pups. There you go. Hey, new I segment s- idea. There you go. Uh, strongly disagree, though. Uh, I would yeah. go pups <laughs> over pucks. So Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. The big news, if you missed, by the way, the Herb Street interview or anything here on Amber and Ian, check out the podcast on the ESPN app, the iHeart app. It's on all of them. Check it out everywhere that your podcasts are available to you. We have been reacting all so long to the news that Jim Harbaugh is the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. So now we are inviting you to join the conversation because we haven't gotten to hear from you yet, America. Triple H, say ESPN. Maybe you're a very sad Michigan fan. Maybe you're a very happy Los Angeles Chargers fan. 888-729-3776. Kevin is giving us a call from Maui. Hey, Kevin, the floor is yours. Hi, gang. Uh, thanks for the great show. I just, you know, I'm heartbroken to tell you the truth. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great coaches with great uh, legacies in, in the college game, Saban, Bear Bryant, Woody, 
and I think Jim's just hurt himself, you know. Uh, who's got it better, better than us, by the way? Nobody. Michigan, go blue, man. I think he blew it. I'm not sure how much money he's getting, but I think it tarnishes his career. Even if he wins the Super Bowl, he will never be the the guy that we hoped he was. All right, so, Kevin, hold on a minute. He, he just delivered your first national championship outright since 1948, and you're yeah. faulting the guy for leaving and going to the NFL? Well, is that a one and done? Well, hey, have you uh, won one since 1948? I, I, like one, uh, I, I like a one and No, look, you know, it's been a great run, but I'd like to see it continue. I like the legacy teams. I like the, the teams that uh, – and I love Michigan. I'll always be a Blue fan. But I want to see him continue, and I don't think he did us any favors. Well, the, I'm sure some recruits are waiting to see what happened. Uh, you know, Ohio State's been loading up in the meantime. Uh, you know, I just think it was uh, kind of a – he was playing for the money. I don't know. Do you guys know how much he got on this deal? No, we don't know yet. the we don't we don't know the details a yet. Uh, we do know is Michigan. We do know your school was was offering a hell of a lot, uh, but we'll see what it ends up being for Los Angeles. I think a lot of this too was about mission not accomplished at the NFL level. I mean, we are talking about a man who made it to a Super Bowl but didn't actually get a Super Bowl win, and I think he sees an opportunity here with that quarterback. Those kind of quarterbacks are so difficult to find in the National Football League, and you don't often have a job available where that guy is at the helm. You, it just Amber. doesn't happen. Normally all the coaching jobs that are available also coincide with not having a quarterback at the, that's, that's worth a darn for the future, and that's not the case in Los Angeles. If, you, if, if anybody did not comprehend the difference between the passion of NFL fans and the obsession of college football fans, Kevin and Mallory just summed it up. 15-0, first outright national title since 1948, and it's to hell with you, Jim. You left us. Yeah. I mean, that is and, the and obsession mul- multiple, of college football fans. Multiple conference championships, right? Three, Three straight wins over Ohio State. Hell yes. with you. And that I mean, is well. <laughs> I will say, I, I understand. I can relate to the Michigan fan. I was bro- I'm a Gator. I was broken hearted when Steve Spurrier left. But with Steve Spurrier, I understood it because I felt like, okay, it's been a hell of a run. Now, Spurrier was there for a long time, of course, at Florida, but it's been a hell of a run. It was his alma mater. He had accomplished the goal. I understood him wanting to go to the NFL and try it. I wasn't actually mad at Spurrier. I was disappointed. I was sad, but I wasn't mad. I totally understood what he was trying to do there. Urban, I felt a little differently. <laughs> Urban, I felt differently. Right. Felt very differently. Uh, Nevertheless, still, thanks for the championships. Urban, but with Steve Spurrier, this feels more like that. Like, Jim Harbaugh has accomplished everything he can for his alma mater. He hasn't accomplished everything that he can in the NFL. Triple H, say ESPN. That's how you join the conversation, which is how Stacy from Alabama got in touch with us. Stacy, thanks for the call. What do you have on Jim Harbaugh? So I'm a little concerned. I'm not a huge fan of his, um, but I do recognize that he's known for really developing quarterbacks. So, frankly, I'm just relying on you guys to make sure that I'm not totally freaked out by this. I would have maybe preferred Grable, but I, as long as we can develop Herbert, I'm okay with it. Uh, well, one. Thanks for the also, call, Stacey. Simply, really quickly, thank, let me add really quickly, thank you for the pup date. I was listening to Ian when the dog was found, so I'm glad to hear this baby's doing well. Uh, I appreciate that. I was going back to the morning show with Amber and I uh, way back yeah. when uh, where 
My wife, uh, yeah, found a little cubby underneath a log in a ravine and was about maybe six inches long. And yeah, so Yay big. Cubby's still with us. Yes. Oh, and oh Cubby. Cubby's very with us. Woo! Cubby makes an appearance uh, nightly here oh on Amber and Ian. <laughs> Cubby is with us uh, with a passion. Let's just put it that way. I'm sending uh, Cubby to Herb Street Boot Camp. Right? Yeah, there you go. I do think what Stacey said there is interesting, though, because she's speaking as a longtime Chargers yeah. fan. And yeah. so she's not coming at this from the Michigan perspective at all. And she's not as excited when she's looking, I guess, at the resume and thinking maybe Stacey. this wasn't the best coach to no. develop Herbert when there were the Pete Carroll's and the Mike Vrabel's of the world that were out there on this coaching carousel. I, I understand that. And I, you know how much I love Vrabel's. We've known him for 20 some odd years, but Jim Harbaugh, when it comes to, if you're going to stay with developing quarterbacks, go back and look what he did with Rich Gannon. Go back and look what he did with Josh Johnson still in the league. He's a, he's, he's a third team quarterback for the Ravens and he's 78 years old. That was his quarterback at San Diego. Not the Chargers, the University of San Diego. Andrew Luck. I mean, look what he did there. I mean, J.J. McCarthy, look what he's done there. The dude yeah, develops quarterbacks. Yeah, he's worked some pretty damn good quarterbacks. The, the guy develops quarterbacks. You're good. Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick. I mean, should, can we go on? Yeah. It, the list is the list is extensive with the quarterbacks that he certainly has had a part in developing. Terrence is always kind enough to call us from Georgia. I love a little caller on caller crime. Terrence, you have an issue with something that one of our callers said? Yeah, I mean, come on. You you won a national championship. His whole his whole goal was to beat Ohio my beloved Ohio State three years in a row, win a natty, get back to the National Football League, win a Super Bowl. That's his whole that was his whole thing. You know, uh I tell you, un, people are just so ungrateful these days, man. It it just kills me. How you get a, a national championship and now you want to uh, rain on the guy's parade because he's leaving? Give me a break, please. This is like the most fired up I've ever heard, Terrence. He's very passionate about this subject. He has a point. Taking shots at Kevin from Maui. I always appreciate a, a little caller on caller crime here. It's easy to get spoiled, though, Ian. It is in college football. The one thing I'll say about Michigan is I feel like they're in very good hands, though, with the opportunity that they had to try out more before he actually becomes the head coach. Yeah, and again, Michigan fans, don't what's going about to happen to you you're not going to contend for a natty. You've lost half of your roster. It's not going to be easy, but give Sharon more time because I think he's a heck of a coach and led that team to six wins in a national championship campaign. Yeah, uh, Big Blue, how about this? Don't be sad that it's over. Be Thank happy you. that it happened. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we'll continue with more of your action. Jim Harbaugh is now the new head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers here on ESPN Radio.